G'day, Sports by Fry fans. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast, hosted by yours truly in pretty decent mood after a fine AFL fantasy score. Finally, the large fries and cokes seem to be piecing it all together, and I'm climbing up the ranks. Uh, the overall ranking is important, but I'm making ground in the Sports by Fry league, which is what really matters. Uh, I've managed to nail JLo down for a Sunday sit-down. Long-time listeners will know that we did this uh, last footy season. Now that we're under the same roof, we can uh, turn it into a weekly occurrence. That'd be fantastic. Hopefully, you're listening to this in a good mood. There's plenty of relevant sport to be talking about. The NBA playoffs are moving into the second round. AFL fantasy season's about a quarter way done. So, got a big week ahead. I'm going to churn out another of my rookie cash cow guides. They're becoming more and more important as the season goes on. Do a couple of NBA pieces as well, and a bit of an NFL draft recap. So without further ado, here's JLo and I with a Sunday sit-down. Round six is done and dusted. We just finished watching Geelong put a bit of a masterclass up against the Eagles. Had a big day of sport uh, for J-Lo. How are you pulling up after the Nuggets and the Eagles games, mate? I'm okay, mate. I, uh, the, the Nuggets will get me through. That's my, my favourite team in the world. So Oh, more than the Coasters? Yeah, by a long way. Yeah, so, okay. uh, yeah I wake up happy on, on uh, Denver Nuggets basketball days. So if they got me through... Through the next round, I'm, I'm okay. And, you know, it's just round six for West Coast. So Geelong in Geelong is pretty tough. Like, they look like the team to beat at the moment as well. So yep. Yeah, 100%. I thought we might uh, put a bit more of a, an effort at, uh, in after last week, after getting touched up at home. I thought that might sort of snap us too, but maybe this will be the one that snaps Hopefully. us too. Well, let's, let's stick with AFL quickly. Uh, we'll go into fantasy in a minute, but... Did you think the Dockers would be doing uh, this well after a couple of rounds? I know they've had a couple of easy teams to play, but they're sitting second now in the ladder, second best percentage. They've beat the likes of the Bulldogs and St Kilda, which are like whatever, but they've touched yeah. up the Giants in yeah. Sydney. Look, I, I probably... I'm a big fan of the Dockers. Like I'm a big Brad Hill fan. I'm a huge Nat Five fan. I mean, who you were, you not be? You were trying to convince me before the year. You're like, yeah, they could push for finals. I was trying to... Obviously, temper expectations, yeah. but yeah, they're looking all right. Yeah, honestly, I, if, if you had a, sat me down at the start of the year and said, oh, let's have a look at their first six games, I probably would have picked them to be about four and two. Yeah. Uh, okay, they would definitely would get, I would have picked them to beat Gold Coast. Yeah, true. Um, I, th- I would have pick, picked them to lose against us or West Coast and uh, the Giants, but I think I would have tipped them in the other games. So I, I didn't expect them to be second, but... Um, yeah, they're travelling nicely. Pretty, pretty happy to see the, our uh, our rivals going alright. I do like Frio. It'll be interesting to see. They got the Crows this week in Adelaide. Mm. It's like, right, are you? What are you, Frio? Are yeah. you just making up the numbers, or what's the go? Who do you reckon? Uh, there's three or four teams. Sorry, that only have one win this season. Carlton, you know, yeah. no one expected them to do super well this year. But out of Sydney North. And Melbourne, who do you reckon's in the most trouble moving forward? Ah, surely Melbourne. Got to be the D's. Well, I mean, going trouble going forward might be Sydney because mm. I don't see anyone coming to the rescue in Sydney. At least Melbourne have the players. They just had that terrible preseason, and they need to figure out their their forward line or their their entries into the forward line because it's I, not great. Yeah, too deep. Um, no one at the feet of their tall forwards who are really they're a bit overrated. Yeah, I'm um, not a Tom McDonald fan. I don't. I could, he had a. Did he have two good years or one? Because he kicked like fifty last year. One and he? a half, yeah. maybe. Yeah, 
I Everyone expected him to kind of just take over Jesse Hogan's role. I'm like, they need something else yeah. to get to. At least for Melbourne, they've got some absolute guns through the midfield. Arguably the best ruckman in the league, or very close to it. Yeah. Um, great backline. They've got players to come back, so I think they'll be okay. But they barely um, had Steve May and Jake Lever. You're like, oh, they're two huge dudes. But yeah, the troubles aren't really with their defense. Like it, I mean, their defense is under siege because their forward line is so bad. The fo- and it's just what the other teams waltzing it out of the defense. Yeah. Um, and like I've said a f- fair few times, their their inside fifty entries are so shallow. Yeah. They need to get it in deeper, but there's just no one there. Hopefully, Jeff Garlett coming back will help. Yeah, them watching him against the Tigers, he had a couple of moments, but yeah. they've given up the most points this year and also scored the second fewest. And they've the got they're getting so many inside fifties as well. It's, crazy. it's just low quality inside fifties. But if I had to pick out of those, I'd say the Swans because no one's coming to the rescue there. Nah, um, I. Everyone kind of picked the Swans to have like a bit of a fall off. North, like it's not a huge surprise. Yeah, no, no one. Ex- they're, they're, they're one of the teams that you're like, oh. I guess I'll just put them like when you're doing your preseason ladder picks. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'll put them at tenth. Yeah, you know? I wasn't like, sure what to make of them. They'll probably bounce back a bit as well. Oh, anyway, they're pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not actually. Bad. You're right. Um, turning attention to AFL fantasy because we tend to talk about that a yeah. few times on our podcast. Oh, I just refreshed the app and I lost twelve points off uh, my that'll score. Happen. That sucks. That'll happen. Who'd it come from? Danger. Yeah. Oh, anyway, I still managed to crack two thousand two hundred this week. Very so. Good week. Got to be chuffed with that. I've moved up uh, 15,000 spots in the last two weeks, which kind of what says... Was your, what was your bottom, I guess? That's what I'm saying. It says something about how crap I was. I was just outside. I was like 30,200 okay. or something, and I'm inside the top 15K yeah. now. So I'm moving in the right direction, but more importantly, I think I've moved up about 18 spots in the Sports by Fry League. Yeah. That's yeah. the that's the one that matters. I mean, for you, that's the one that matters. <laughs> pretty embarrassing. No, for everyone, let's be honest. Everyone out there yes, loves so, the uh, Sports yeah. by Fry yeah. League. Anyone listening to this is probably... Yeah, well, I hope so. Yep, it's a very different story for me. Yeah, let's talk us through your. Uh, we won't spend too long on this. Don't yeah. rub salt in the wounds. Let's talk us through uh, your week, mate. Oh, look, I, the, the, I had Whitfield, had Shepherd, had uh, Libba, mm. uh, Jack Sloan. Martin. Sloan was bad. It was it was a bad showing from all my players. And to cap it off, I I forgot to put the emergency on Wits because I wanted to lock in Grundy's score. Yeah. So. I got Flinney's emergency score of DNP, so I lost out on 100 points there, which, you know, is the difference between, uh, you know, 5,000 yeah. 5, ranking points, really, in terms mm. of where you are in the order, so, that yeah, that was, that was my week, a lot of, lot of changes to come, especially of Whitfields to miss a couple, which, you know, Corgi that bad that takes you out of a game, that's, well, we, a, that's a week. We didn't watch the second half of the game, but from all reports, he was playing like full forward for big stints. Jeremy Cameron, uh, Jeremy Cameron, Leon Cameron in the post-game presser said that they'll see how it goes. He's like, oh, he's a pretty tough nut, so he might play next week. But yeah, if it forced him to like pretty much be unplayable yeah. for the game, you'd think it might cut him out for a week, which hurts. There's a lot of the coaches out there that have him. So. Oh, there are people will be scrambling. But it does open up a couple of options, especially if it's to miss, you know, a couple of weeks. Mm. You can sort of, you know, pad it up, change to some players who might be on the up. Like, there's a there's couple plenty of, of value in that back line. Absolutely. Yeah, there is all of a sudden. Last year it was a bit skimp, but this year it's much better. So. Well, there's 37% of the comp have uh, Whitfield at the moment, yeah. so they'll be scrambling if he is ruled out. That's it. Um, you got your eyes on any trade targets because we're starting to get we're about a quarter of the way through the season now I've tried to kind of prioritise rookie picks throughout here which I've pretty much I don't want to toot my own horn but I think I've nailed at the moment like all pretty my much. bench rookies as well are scoring and generating money which is good to see so 
I'm getting the point where I can start chopping and changing, but we've got to think about the buyers as well because that can really make or break your entire season. So uh, with that in mind, is there anyone that you kind of want to get in the next month or so pre-buys on your trade target list? Um, Any big names out there? Oh, look, I probably need to look at getting Boke in as soon as mm, possible. Yep. Um, and I don't have Danger myself, so... Oh, yeah, okay. One of those will probably come in this week because I've got a bit of money to play with. Plus, Whitfield going out, I might be able to drop back down to Johannesson or something, someone I'm interested in to sort of hold his spot and make a ton of cash and hopefully turn someone into Boke at the other end, so... Big Bash Hooley probably did enough to... Uh jump onto a couple of coaches' radars at least. Perhaps, yeah. He was fantastic. And it's it feels like he might just have that role. I don't know if he's ever going to be tagged or picked up. He might yeah, just... probably not. He kind of just runs around and does what he wants. It's cheap. Mar- well, he had like 14, 15 marks or something. I can't remember the name, number exactly. Yeah. yeah. He was just running around getting all those cheap like mark kicks at will, really. It's going to be interesting to see what Rewop going out does for his role, though, because like we sort of talk about with Melbourne... If all of a sudden their forward line's not locking it in as well, mm. he becomes uh, the back line's under pressure and it might not get as much of the footy. So we'll see what happens. I probably would I would hold on Basher for a week or two. But the one I've got my eye on down back is Connor Blakely, who yeah. had twenty touches in the waffle today. His first game back after a big hamstring injury. Mm. So I, I'm tempted to almost like pull the trigger pretty early on him, but I want to wait like maybe a fortnight of games in to see how he goes see what role he's playing because that could really like if he just gets sent down back and playing off the halfback flank kind of like Luke Ryan does he could rack up heaps of points but you want him like right in the midfield which is what everyone expects him to play but there's no certainty of it happening yeah well that's true I I guess with guys like that coming off a what's now an interrupted preseason, even though it was in the JLT um, he needs to get a bit of match fitness up so I would expect him to have a few average weeks before going bang, so you Bring can probably get him, down a bit. Yeah, you can probably price, get him sorry. for because he's what he's sitting low, low six hundred. So I think pretty yeah, I think he's about six thirty from memory. Yeah, so you could probably get him for just under five, uh, just under six. Oh, he's six six four. Jeez, yeah, you could probably get him yeah. for six flat after a couple of bad weeks. So I might wait to see him come down to his sort of basement price and then then jump on him. He could be a post-buy target or even just before the buys. Well, they've got the round 12 buy, the handy like first one. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty heavy in my forward line of guys in round 13 and 14. That's so that's the one I kind of need to fix up. But the rest are pretty balanced. Yep. I think I've got seven blokes in round 12 and then like 10 and 13 at this stage, something yeah. like that. So yeah, I'll have to definitely keep our eyes on the uh, buy structure moving forward. Um, I think that's about all we got AFL fantasy wise. What do you? I know it's really early. Lockout hasn't even lifted yet. But what are you thinking? Any trades on your radar at the moment? Are you well, just going to wait and see? It's it's probably Whitfield, right? Um, I'm expecting him to miss. Yep. And so I would I would want, being a premium, I'd probably want to move him just for value. He's going to drop some money this week anyway. Yeah, his his break even is going to go really high mm. after that score. Um, so I'll probably chop him. Probably to Joe Hannison, and then, like I say, swing Jack Martin probably needs to go at this point until he bounces back. Maybe um, having JJ and or probably to Boke, yeah, yeah, to, he would become Boke, yeah. So I think that's early signs. I'm not sure how the cash will line up, but I not think, danger, uh, possibly. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I would have to look at the upcoming sch- schedules. Like I said, it's just early calls, but lucky could, I am doing that right now. Look, so it's really, you know. Six of one, half a dozen of the yeah, other. Yeah, true. With those two, like they're going to be good. I'd probably 
prioritise Danger, but, you know, we'll just wait and see. Danger's got the Dons next week, followed by the Roos, Bulldogs, Suns, Swans, Tigers. So, like, solid teams to play. But, again, sometimes bad positioning on the ladder doesn't exactly equate to bad fantasy scores or Mm. holding teams to low scores. But Power have Collingwood on Friday night, from memory, this week. And then the Crows, Suns, Hawks, St Kilda. So, very similar, but, Yeah. yeah... it, it will be interesting. I think Dangerfield's break-even is still relatively high. And yeah. Boak had... Was had it you, bo- oh, you boys he played last mm. week? And he had a break-even of like 130. So yeah. even though he went 120-odd, he might even dip a little bit. So yeah. he's, he's ripe for the picking right now is what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's probably my moves. I, just off the top of the dome. Yeah. I think I'll probably chase a couple of those new rookies. I'll get rid of mm-hmm. maybe Petrocelli or Parker out of my forward line and get that Corbett bloke from Sydney, uh, from Gold Coast, sorry, Gosh. even though he, I don't know, he could just be Chris Bear, just 2.0. Hard to tell. And then um, I'll either get rid of Sammy Collins or maybe Atkins in my midfield and get in that Noah Ainsworth bloke from uh, from Lions who looked pretty good on debut. He hasn't scored well in the Neaffle, but had a 70-odd, so I was like, oh, mm. could be a good option, make yeah. some money. All right, turn to the Nuggets now. Uh, they have officially moved to the second round. Yeah, There's the second round matchups are set. Yep. Let's start with them against Portland. What are you expecting to happen out of this series? What are you looking for? Uh, look, we went three one during the season against some. Only lost the last one um, because we sat Jokic, mm. Millsap, and right. Murray all in that last game. I think they were probably trying to sort of almost rig it so yeah. they got the third seed, which ended up happening. So it worked perfectly. Um, so I'm feeling okay about going up against Portland, even with Dame playing this well. I mean, him or CJ usually plays really well against us, but it's just the they've got no one else. I was to just going to say, well. outside of those two, like really. I mean, with Nurkic out as well, like at least Nurkic could cannot kind of nullify Jokic because he's a great defender. He's a good defender at least. Yeah. Cantor defensively is not going to be able to do it against Jokic, so. I think we will hopefully take the win, especially with our bench depth. Like that's yes. where we'll probably really outshine them. Um, it has been a focal know. point for you boys for all season is how deep you can bat. So yeah, because I'm a big fan of obviously like shortening the rotation during the playoffs. But if it's like I said with you guys, if it's one of your strengths, obviously you got to keep using it. And Tory Craig kind of illustrated how good he can be. Monte Morris had like some good plays in Game Seven. Mm. Malik Beasley probably hasn't had the greatest playoff so far, but no, well, he's still he a had, bit of an X factor. I think like, game two and three had like twenty points. Yeah, right. Like he's he's played his role when he needed to. I agree. I think they can just bat as deep as they need to until they find that player who does get it done, and then sort of obviously revert back to those starters who are pretty solid. So I expect to win that series. It'll be a good one though. Conference rivals. Uh, sorry, uh, division rivals. Dame's playing unbelievable. I was so. going to say, it'll almost come down to, like, is Dame going to stay this hot? They're averaging 33 in the playoffs so far. So yeah. Which boosted a, a bit by his big 50-point game. When yeah, you think that's about true. It, and it's, that's not unbelievable, 33 points. You know, Harden probably hung that on us during the season anyway. So Second to uh, Kevin Durant, who's at 35 at the moment. Yeah, wow, okay. That's huge. That's arguably the best matchup, and probably going to be the best matchup this playoffs, is the Warriors-Rockets yep. matchup. I think... A lot of people, it's just worth noting, a lot of people are getting in on the bandwagon of like, oh, yeah, Houston are going to do it. I'm, I'm in on Houston. So it'll be very interesting to see how the first couple of games go, yeah. especially in Golden State. Curry and Clay apparently are questionable for game one with oh, ankle really? tweaks. Hmm. So 
even if they don't, even if they do play, that's something to monitor going forward. They've had For to sure. had to play six games thanks to the uh, Clippers, which just baffled everyone. Did not see that coming. Yeah, I mean, it's they're just like a heart hearty team, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Um, you know, and they get in their Warriors' heads a little bit, like Pat Beverly's and stuff. So, I uh, I'm interested to see what happens. I I don't have a lot of faith in Houston getting it done against Golden State. I just still think Golden State's another beast when they need to be. Um, like Durant kind of showed that uh, yesterday. Yeah, we well, had 50 against the Clippers in Game Six and yeah. 45 in Game Five, which is crazy. Like even yeah. though Steph, people are like, oh, Steph's been struggling. Hasn't really. He's had like twenty nine and seven for the series. Like yeah. he played fine, but yeah, Kevin Durant, like you said, it's just they're another beast when they're clicking on all cylinders. I, so. I guess the with that series, the really interesting thing is going to be to see how James Harden goes, who usually goes to sleep around this time in the playoffs. Yeah, um, because and they've loaded him up with minutes and responsibility this year. So if anything, you could see him going to sleep even Crashing more bed, yeah. like, but I, I mean I hope it doesn't happen I hope he plays well but at the same time I don't have a lot of faith in him or Chris Paul like notorious for not playing very well deep in the playoffs yeah. like they get they can get sort of deep they go on deep runs but and, and as well as Dan Tony, none of those guys are winners in the playoffs. So well, they didn't really those two players light the world on fire against who they play again in Utah. Utah. But um, their bench, or not even really their bench, but their other players and starters around yeah. them, like PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon, all um, Clint Capella, all had really good series. They've got so, a, they, their system suits that, you know, like yeah, their yeah. system just needs someone to be hitting shots and they win. But I mean, their systems, I mean, it's. It's not really tried and it's not tried and true in the playoffs. Yeah. So. I'm a believer. Like I think they can definitely take it to the Warriors, but winning a series against them is a different Very story different. altogether. I think yeah. if I had to make a pick, I reckon it'd go seven, but I still just have the side with Golden State. I think I'm going to say six, but I could honestly see it going to five. Yeah, only. I could see Golden State even without Curry and uh, Clay for a couple of games. Yeah. I could see them doing it. That's a big easily. one. Like if Curry and Clay miss game one. And then Houston steals one quickly, then that mm. that swings a lot. Oh, we didn't get a uh, Nugs Blazers prediction. What do you reckon? How many games are they going? Oh, I uh, I think Nugs in six probably. I want to say Nugs in six, but I think I'm going to go seven. Okay, okay. Not yeah. picking the Blazers only because like outside of Dame, I mean CJ did his role in the playoffs. It was okay, but like yeah, like you said, they don't. There was the first two games; they were both quite good. Yeah, they were. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a really tough one to peg for mine. I'd, could honestly see that going in any direction, like the Nugs, the Nugs clips. Yeah, oh, the sorry, Nugs, Nugs Blazers. Blazers. Like they eked out. Granted, they are a very young team. I could see, so I could see them. You know. Yeah, you could. Yeah. I could. Nikola Jokic has arguably, with Dame, been the best player in his playoffs, and Kevin Durant probably. Mm. But I could see them as well, like kind of not crumbling, but just like blowing game one and then yeah rebounding and then all of a sudden Dame goes for 45 in game yeah. 3 and then they win game 4 at the buzzer and go oh we're down 3-1 you know? yeah the youth of Denver it sort of makes them so unpredictable mm. yeah it's not a bad thing though to get the you need to get the minutes into them at some point yeah so. and also like a lot of people say they're like you know being young sometimes can be be a positive in the playoffs because you're just like oh we don't really know what to expect we're just going to go out and believe in ourselves and like sometimes that can get you through like so it's interesting. A lot of the time, you don't feel the pressure as much. So yeah, we'll see what happens. will be tough to watch. Oh, there you go. I'm looking now. CJ's ninth in scoring his yeah, playoffs, so he's doing well. But 10th is Pascal Siakam, who I watched this morning. 
and he was awesome. But not as good as Kawhi Leonard. I, yeah. There's a lot of... Let's just uh, let's address this. A lot of people in the last week or two have said that Kawhi has shades of MJ about yeah. him. I'm like, okay, let's all, let's all just calm down a little bit. But in saying that, is, is there anyone better a two-way player in the league right now? Mm-hmm. Like Giannis is something different altogether, but Kawhi is just a complete package. Like he single-handedly destroyed the Sixers this yeah. morning when I was watching it. Like kind of just did what he wanted at will, had a couple of good jumpers, got to the rack when he wanted, like never looked rushed, always looked in control. It was, it was really cool to watch actually. Finished yeah. with 45 uh, playoff career high. I think before game one, I still would have picked the Raps to win the series. But yeah. what do you think? Sixers are depends a little bit on Joel Embiid's health because he missed one game against the Nets, I think maybe two. Mm. But yeah, if he has to miss a game against the Raps and they drop it, and it's hard to see them winning and now, especially they've dropped game one. But yeah, I don't know. It's tricky to peg. What do you reckon? I uh, just just I just went on a massive yeah, ramble there. Let's let's bring it back. Yeah, what do you reckon from this series? What do you reckon about the uh, Sixers versus Raptors? I, I love Kawhi Leonard. Just mm. let me say, I like think he's one of the probably three best players in the league. I mean, if saying if someone said to me he's the best player, I'd kind of be like, oh, okay, sure. Like, I love him. I love a two-way player. Hits the three, does everything. He's been a bit weird with his whole like team chemistry thing over the last few years, yeah. and I don't know what to make of that. But that is you can't argue with the bloke who just get, goes out there and gets it done, like un- like in a quiet, unassuming way. So I really love him. I love the Raptors. I love their makeup, um, Siak- especially with Siakam coming on so strong. Didn't um, see that coming, hey. He's no, like and just out of this world, next step. He's a worker, you know, and you sort of, you listen to his story and you can, mm. you kind of, you know, as someone who's a bit older now, I'm like, oh, I kind of get the mental side of things. I understand like what it takes a bit more. And he's kind of one of those guys who's got that, that driving force from something that's a bit deeper, which is a passing of his dad. So you can see him just becoming an elite, wor- he's an elite worker and that's yeah. why he's so it's a good. good way to work. Yeah. So I think, um, with with that said, I think Raptors win this in five. Um, okay. Because I, I don't I don't love the Sixers. I don't love their whole chemistry. Jimmy Butler's always funny for a team, mm-hmm. especially when it, there's like a lot on the line. Like winning needs to be done. So um, I think he might throw them through a bit of a loop. Joel Embiid's kind of you know in his own little world of. I'm so dominant and amazing. And so Ben Simmons is kind of similar in a way. Yeah. Like I, I don't like the, the demeanor and the way that they all carry themselves. The only person I really like, and I think is like a, a true professional, is Jimmy, uh, JJ Redick. Yeah, okay, I get it. You know, so, or Tobias Harris I quite like as well, but I don't think it's all going to come together. I think the Raptors are going to get it done, honestly. Um, especially the lack of point guard, like a true small point guard for the, the Sixers. I think that could hurt them. Yeah, a little bit. It'd be, I think, like obviously, as I said, I think Joel Embiid's health's a big factor. But the next one, I think, is yeah, just how Ben Simmons plays because Toronto yeah. is really good at like slowing teams down in transition and controlling the pace, yeah. and that's kind of where to the Sixers and mainly Ben Simmons excels. So well, the, he could just like drop an egg. The best defensive player in the league is going to be guarding him. Yeah, the whole series. So you know, like I, I don't think Ben Simmons has ever seen anything like four plus ga- games straight of Kawhi Leonard mm. especially of Kawhi Leonard sitting there watching game tape just drilling down on this guy yeah. taking all this all his angles away I think Ben Simmons is going to like really be put through the fire I don't know what he had today but um, 
I, I, think, it's, I, I said, think it's going to be nasty. So I said to you as well, like I was watching that game and then after you're like, oh, how'd this bloke go? How'd this bloke go? I was like, yeah, I actually have no idea. Kawhi was just that captivating. Yeah. Just, well, Ben had 14 and 9 today. What did he shoot? 7 of 8. Okay. Well, I mean, but that's still not enough. They, they, they lost, you know. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm not sure what to think about about the whole situation, but I, I, I do know that I think Toronto wins in... In five. And Tobias if someone Harris, told me four, I would go, yeah. okay. Tobias Harris could be the big, not X factor, it's not the right word, but like the swinging point. Like if he has a hot game or two and just gets his shot right, then that could change everything. He's could, a, yeah. could just help them like steal a game at Scotiabank and then all of a sudden they're right in the mix. But yeah, I don't know how rely, how much you're going to rely upon him to do that. Yeah, you kind of got to remember what happens to Ben Simmons after this, the ball's finished transitioning yeah. so like Ben Simmons then becomes the four and then Tobias has to go to the three and it just he's a it's tall a three clunky. he's a big three yeah and he'll I, probably have to be dealing with Siakam if Kawhi's guarding like one of the other perimeter guys yeah. if the, Tobias is being pushed down low like maybe Serge if they got him and Gasol out there but yeah, yeah that'll be interesting yeah it's a it's an interesting series really it's one of the more intriguing ones but I I just, I just like the Raptors and I don't like the Sixers. That's probably a personal bias coming through a little bit. <laughs> the matchup will, yeah, I think pretty much be decided on the wing. And OG Ananobi, there's no real word on like when he's coming back. But like mm-hmm. if he comes back in the back half of the series, like say it's 3 2 and he comes back for game six, see you later, Philly. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I'd like to see Toronto uh, get to the finals. They haven't got to finals before, right? I don't believe conference so. Conference finals, conference I mean. Conference only. They've got to the conference, haven't they? Oh, maybe not. Or maybe LeBron stopped him every time. Well, I think they have. I thought, no, I thought he might have I'm met look them this there. Up. I think they have once. Yeah, that's I what know. I think. One I think, year against LeBron, maybe. I think so too. That's my feeling, but could be totally off, honestly. It's nice to see them uh, succeeding after just perennially falling apart in yeah, the playoffs. No. Yeah, I do like them, like their organisation. It's nice to see Drake going crazy all the time. So yeah, that's yeah. true. This is an example of why, like. This is a perfect example to defend the Kawhi Leonard trade because obviously Raps fans were a bit butthurt and losing DeMar. Be like, well, when you can get Kawhi Leonard, even if it costs you DeMar to Rosen, you just get Kawhi Leonard. And like, honestly, it, I think it showed in the Nuggets series how DeMar to Rosen just does, cannot do the playoffs. Like, it's really, yeah. it's weird. I, it's, I, obviously, it's a weird mental thing that he must have got scarred young or something when he was younger. Yeah, but it's bizarre. Oh, there you go. They yeah. lost to the Cavs in the conference finals the year the Cavs won the chips. So. Yeah, there you go. All right, last series out east, the last one of the uh, conference semis, and we've got Port- uh, Portland. <laughs> Trying to do two things at once. We've got Boston going up against Milwaukee. Green versus green. What is your prediction? I think off the bat, I'd go Milwaukee in five or six, leaning towards six i mean six <laughs> six is, is an a, easy one it's a pick. nice safe pick yeah. you know i i think milwaukee probably wins this pretty easily yeah um i just don't know I and mean, boston's one of those weird ones they could just get it together all of a sudden jalen brown figures it out again and you know well they kind of well not figured it out but they did look pretty good against indiana but again true. it was indiana who kind of spluttered into the playoffs yeah. so like take it with a bit of grain of salt i think gordon hayward will be the one to watch because he had like one or two big games in the last like two weeks of the season yeah if he's back to like not 100% himself but if he's at like 80 85% that could be very telling for sure I think um, I think Giannis is just too much for Boston who honestly. guards Giannis no I mean let's be honest no, no one, one can guard Giannis really but, Al Horford uh, 
No, that's not. So slow. Work. Yeah, uh, Giannis is, I think this is the the thing about Giannis, right? He's that everyone asks that question. Yeah, there's yeah. not a team. There's only KD is probably the only one who can really match up on him. Let's be honest. Like in terms of length and size and speed. Um, but yeah, I think Giannis just pushes them over the edge. Chris Middleton's great. The team's built so well around Giannis. It's like they've done a really good job. I don't know who their GM is. I don't know him by name, but uh, I can't remember a, his name. He's done a cracking job. For um, real. Middleton burnt them last year as well. Averaged like twenty five for the series. Yeah. So I think like as much as they're like, well, Giannis is going to get his. If mm-hmm. the Boston is going to stand like any chance, they have to stop Middleton. Have to just shut down like the rest of the Bucks team because like Giannis yeah. is probably going to go for forty and thirteen every night. Something like that. So. I think technically, going off metrics, Boston's the best defense in the playoffs so far through four games, and Milwaukee's the best offense. So mm. maybe if they like slow it down, really like make the most of their possessions, hold Giannis to thirty-five. Just crazy to say you're holding him to thirty-five, yeah. and just try and stop the rest of them. Be interesting, but yeah, I think I I said six, but I'm, honestly, it's probably Milwaukee in mm. five. Like. I don't think Boston's just going to magically flip the script. They've been saying it all year, like, "Oh, they're showing signs. Yeah. They could turn the corner." And then three-game losing streak, happen. or yeah. So I, even though they swept Indiana, like I said, Indiana kind of struggled over the last like two or three weeks of the season, and it showed in round one. So I think if Milwaukee's up clicking on all cylinders, don't rule out a sweep. Honestly, yeah. I agree. I, uh, I, I've got a lot of faith in Brad Stevens, but then on the on the flip side, I don't have any faith in Kyrie Irving. So um, I think... You're uh, a big Kyrie hater. Yeah, I, I just don't like the way he runs the team. You know, I just don't think he's good for a team. But, yeah, I, you, know. you can't really argue with that. I mean, I, I don't know if I could do any better considering like if, if I was in his shoes at his age, but that's not really an excuse. He's a great player, don't get me wrong. Great scorer, but mm. um, I just don't think he's a he's a great teammate or a great basketball holistic basketball player, uh, especially with the no defense thing. Yeah, Not a big yeah, no, no, no defense guy. All right, that pretty much covers all the playoff fantasy and AFL stuff that we want to go through. Hopefully, we can turn the Sunday sit down into a, a regular occurrence. No, now it's that we're not on the same roof, it's not hope. It's happening. All right, yeah, good. Oh, that's good. We've committed to Until it. Until next week, thanks everyone. See you later. Hooray. Another Sunday sit-down in the books. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, lockout has lifted and you can go and make some changes to your AFL fantasy team. Uh, like I said at the lead-off, working on a couple of different pieces this week. Make sure you hit up sportsbuyfry.com to see them. If you have any questions AFL fantasy-wise, I'm going to get into doing a weekly or maybe fortnightly uh, video on podcasts, just answering a few people's questions and talking a couple of AFL fantasy tactics. So... You can always find me at Sports by Fry if you've got something bugging you and you want to ask for some advice. Hopefully, like I said, I can keep climbing these rankings. I'm inside of the top 10,000. Everything's looking good for the large fries and cokes. So NBA draft lottery is only a couple of weeks away as well. So fingers crossed the Cavs can land the number one pick and in turn turn that into another franchise superstar in Zion Williamson. But that's all I've got time for this week. Thank you for listening. Make sure you listen to the podcast and subscribe for future episodes. But until next time, peace.